Don't you just love seeing a creative piece of art? Ever think of going into business with your significant other? Listen more to dive in a bit deeper. More Thoughts Unfiltered is a podcast with real conversations and real people. Brought to you by The Moors with your hosts, Davion and Leilani. Follow them on Instagram at More Thoughts Unfiltered. And to keep up with the latest on The Moors, check out their website, morethoughtsunfiltered.com. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of More Thoughts Unfiltered. I'm your host, Davion, and of course, I have my beautiful co-host, Leilani, in the building today. Hello, hello, everyone. But besides the point, we have two very special guests in the building today. We have Darby and we have Bry, and together, they make up Trubalish Arts. How are you guys doing today, guys? I'm doing yeah, awesome, good, guys. Good. Thank you for having us. Thank, <laughs> Thank you guys you. for coming Thank in you. today. Seriously, it's been, a, it's been a few weeks since we've been planning this podcast out, so it gave us some time to prepare for it. So if you guys don't know... Darby and Bry, they do have a art company here in town called Trubalish Arts. Like I said, once again, I first met Darby here in the cannabis industry when I was working at, I don't say the name, <laughs> but I met her working, working, working here in the industry. I met Darby. This is actually my first time meeting Bry, and so far he's a fucking awesome guy. I love his fucking mustache over here. <laughs> I wish I could have a dope ass mustache like that. Yo, so, I mean, if you guys want a picture of his mustache, just look up the movie a million ways to die in the West. Neil Patrick Harris. That is the inspiration to this mustache right here. Is the owner of the mustachery. Hey, see. <laughs> so I'm gonna hand the mic over to you guys a little bit. Tell us a little about yourself. We're gonna start with ladies first. Darby. Hi guys. So my name is Darby. Um, as Davion said, we met in the industry um, quite some time ago. Um, cannabis has always been kind of a passion in my life. It was something that gave me purpose I guess you could say I went through a really really hard time um, with my mom she got really sick ended up needing a double transplant we had to transfer her out of Las Vegas to California and I spent five months in the hospital with her day in day out at the time I kind of wanted to go into nursing but I just wasn't really feeling it after all of that you know you you see a different side of that industry that you know you need a big heart for so I got in the industry um, gave me like I said some purpose but what gave me even more fulfillment was when Brian approached me. He was already like super, super into art, has been an artist since he was like 10. Um, and he goes, you know what? I really want to take this to the next level and I want to open an art company, but I want to be able to do this together. I don't want this to be one of those things where, you know, he has to travel and, you know, we spend all this time apart because we're very, very close. Um, when I did go through everything, he was my rock. He was my man. He was the, the person that, that got me through everything. So... Um, when he asked me to be a part of it, it was kind of a no brainer. I was like, absolutely. You know, I love you. I love what you do. I support you. And I would love to be a part of this as we, you know, continue to kind of build this company up. So that was kind of the beginning to it. But, um, but yeah, that was, that was the start to it. The initial start. That's nice. Awesome. That's awesome. It. It's always good going into a business with your significant other. It can be frustrating at times, which we'll dive into, but <laughs> it's definitely the best feeling ever when it's succeeding. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Bri. Um, yeah, my name is uh, Bri True. I come from California, and same as Darbs. Um, I come from all around San Bernardino area, SoCal mostly. Uh, moved back here. Well, I moved out here in 09 with my family. I was still in high school. Tried to make it out to California. I was out in San Diego for about nine months, but living in San Diego is damn near just as expensive, ex expensive as San Fran. <laughs> it's just I'm literally just making enough money to get by. So uh, trying to be a young man and establish myself, I realized I have a better opportunity back here in Vegas. So I came out here, you know, you could work two jobs in a day, Definitely. probably spend like half an hour in traffic tops over in California. You spend like three hours a oh, day. Yeah. Lucky to get in that commute now. is ridiculous. Oh, we want to move to California, but we just can't afford it. And then the commute to get around is ridiculous. You know, like we go out there. Every once in a while, my mom lives out there in Ontario. Shout out to my moms. And we're both from California. So, you know, we know how it is. Mm -hmm. And she would love to go back there. But me, I'm like, mm-mm. That's kind of where we're at, too. We're both Cali kids. I, I moved here six years ago, but I was born and raised SoCal. And so moving out here was a total change for me. I really wanted to go back, but it's so unrealistic. Yeah, it is. But the cost of living is so inexpensive out here. Oh, yeah, yeah. you're spoiled. You're completely spoiled. <laughs> yeah. Out here. You know, we go and visit our family all the time, and everything shuts down like 9 o'clock. You're like, why? That's anywhere. No, we're trying to find, like, a grocery store open. It's only, like, 945, and, like, everywhere's closing. Like, no doors. 
stores are open, I'm like, oh my God. But like, I'm hungry. Hours miss <laughs> you gotta talk to some guy through some little window. You're like, no, dude, the other mountain dude. I'm trying to get that one bro. I want the red one. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna dive into it. So how did you guys meet? I'm gonna start there. How did you guys come about? How did Darby and Bry become Darby and Bry? Yeah, so I um I moved back out here, got in the restaurant business. I feel like that's the uh, best little come up at a young age, especially if you got the uh, the energy for it and you can deal with the stress. Definitely. You know? But I like it. It's turn up. You know, the restaurant was uh, it's a pretty cool business. Uh, worked at BJ's. Nice. Now, when I worked at BJ's, I actually um, lied on my application saying I was already a server at a different restaurant when I was really just a chef. But I studied the restaurant and would always talk to servers. And I felt like I had enough knowledge to get out of there and make that shot to BJ's. So I went to BJ's. And uh, I tell you what, guys, I was fucking up like on a daily. Like I'm, every day I went to work, I'm like, this is the last day. They're going to can me. I, I, I don't know how much more I can fuck up here. You kind of fake it till you make it, though. Dude, I was walking around like so sure of myself. I was on the computer trying to figure it out. People were like, dude, you're on there so long. I feel like you're watching a movie. Like, I'm just <laughs> pausing, just trying to figure out the system. And I'm sure you guys have been to BJ's. The menu is yeah, fucking insane. It is. So I'm trying to do that. But the first uh, the first week of me then being in there and uh, getting through orientation, that's when I met Darby and uh, I met her the first day and actually got her name wrong. So you was that person <laughs> yeah, that got the name wrong. Everybody gets my name wrong. I don't know what it is. I feel like it's such an easy name. It's D-A-R-B-Y, but everybody calls me Derby, Darcy, Debbie, you name it. I've probably been called it. But when Bri when I first introduced myself to Bri, um, his sister actually worked there. I was working at BJ's already when I first moved out to Las Vegas. I got transferred from their location in California. So I was serving in California. I was only 19. Moved out here. Couldn't serve anymore. So they put me in takeout because you have to be 21. Uh, oh, so, liquor. Yeah, because of the liquor yeah. laws out here. So that was new for me. That was crazy. Um, but my uh, my uh, hostess, Taylor, she came over to me. She goes, oh, my gosh, my, my brother's going to get hired here, blah, blah, blah. I'm so excited, you know, all that stuff. And then he walks in the door for orientation looking like Jeezy, and I just <laughs> lost it. And I ran up to the host desk, and I was like, girl, I know we're, like, really good homies, but, like, would you be mad if I gave your brother my phone number? Is that weird? <laughs> you know, is that, like, is that okay? Is that cool? And she's like, oh, my God, yeah, that would be so dope. You guys have so much in common. I already know. Like, you guys have totally hit it off. So when he came up to takeout that day, he had to put his meal in with me. And so that was, like, my chance. I was like, okay, I know he's got to come in here. He's getting a free meal, you know. <laughs> he's got to come talk to me. So he came up and uh, we kind of got into talking about California, some of the experiences that we've had out there. You know, we both uh, actually decided that we wanted to smoke weed. So weed actually was one of the initial things that brought us together, hmm. too. Was Don't that you just love weed? It's <laughs> like a bonding. It brings, it brings, it brings everybody, everybody together. together. Yeah, I was like, hey, like, do you smoke? Like, we should smoke a bowl later. He's like, oh, hell yeah, I smoke. Like, come over, blah, blah, blah. So um, I gave him my phone number. But when he walked away from me, um, before I gave it to him, he goes, oh, so nice to meet you, Derby. <laughs> and I had a girl in takeout with me, and she just busted up laughing. She's like, oh, my God, he called you Derby. Oh, my God, so funny. And so I was like, oh, my God, all right, well, I've got orders I have to take care of. Can you write my phone number down for me? So she thought she was all funny, and she wrote down Derby. So Aww. he still has that that piece of paper. It hangs up in our room, and it says Derby on it with my number ready. Memories right there. <laughs> but we hit it off, you know. Like, we took things slow for a while. We were just, like, best friends, you know, for a while. We just – he was there for me through some really hard times before even my mom got sick. Um, and then just became kind of like that person I just didn't even think about. I was like, oh, like, let's let's hang out with Bri. Like, let me go see Bri. And he was the same way with me. It wasn't like we were on top of each other. It just mm -hmm. was kind of one of those things we just meshed so well that we just bonded. Um, and then about a nine months, ten months into us, like, really kicking it, um, he asked me to – like kind of do life with him. It was actually kind of a cool, cool conversation because at the time, like we hadn't communicated a lot about what was going on with us, but we, you know, neither of us were talking to anybody else. We were just kind of it. We just had never like solidified it. And uh, I looked at him and he looked at me and he goes, hey, you want to, you want to like do this? You want to like do this life thing together? Like, <laughs> you want to like move in and like, you know, like really do this together? I was like, I've never wanted anything more. Oh, I think you're so great. That's some real slick shit you did right there. Well, I've always been upfront. I never wanted to like lead her on or anything. I wanted to, you know, let her know like, hey, I love hanging out with you. You know, she's the first time I ever had a, been in a relationship where, you know, my girl, my significant other is my best fucking friend. 
You know, I absolutely love this girl. She's my queen. I let everybody know it. And, uh, you know, when we're hanging out, I was like, man, we might as well just make this official. We might as well. Because, you know, in the beginning, I I was just so focused on uh, just moving back from San Diego, just trying to get my money up. So I'm working two jobs. Didn't really have the time for a relationship because, you know, to be in a good relationship, it is a full time job. A lot of people say, oh, it shouldn't be work, Mm -hmm. but it is work. And it's a lot of work and a lot of dedication, you know, but I love the work. You know, it's it's, it's, I love it. It's worth it. It's completely, man, for 100. And I, um, I, you know, I I really wanted to show her that I uh, was taking her serious and I want to do this together. But a lot of people don't understand that an artist is already married to the art. You know, the Mm -hmm. the passion for it is so strong and the. to have that creative flow, it's um, it's like a love and a curse. Like you got it, and if you want to live that creative life, like I don't gamble at all out here, especially in Vegas. I realize I can't touch anything, but I'm definitely gambling on this. You know, I put all my all my effort into the art, and uh, I realize that DARPs can help me out with this because I got a cool little system and how I do the paintings now. Because for years and decades, I've been trying to figure out what direction and how I want to have my art. And it's really hard. Like a good example is like a, a tattoo artist who does like awkward marine life and like bright, vibrant colors. And then you come to him with a black and white photo of your grandfather, you know, oh yeah, he was in this war and he's got a lot of detail and can you do this on the, my calf or something? And you know, it's like, bro, like you you went to, you came to the wrong artist. You didn't and, do your research. Yeah, so like for me, I've just been trying to find that niche and like what, you know, what what kind of art is calling to me, what's kind of in, like, you know, everybody definitely, you definitely want to do your own thing. I did step in the tattooing, but tattooing, bro, like, I don't want to do what everybody else wants. I kind of want to do it my own way. But also, bro, like now that I'm kind of doing um, what's all uh, like commission art pieces and stuff, I am doing more for people, but I like doing it still within that style and within the realms and guidelines how I want to paint it. I think you can I kind of s- notice styles too within art too. You know, yes, if you see definitely. like different artists, the way they go about it, like they all kind of have like a consistency, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I want to talk to you about like your style because I see that I looked at you guys' first vlog that you guys did on your YouTube. I follow you guys' YouTube. YouTube channel shout out to youtube and i saw that you had took your buddy one of your paintings down in la or down in back Mm -hmm. in cali you guys like surprised them that was fucking real cool and i heard you mention that you guys both started the whole tattooing experience in high school you got the equipment and you (laughs) so can you dive in on how did that go about like what happened to make you transition from tattooing to becoming a actual canvas artist, you know, in that general sense. Yeah, it completely flipped from when I was in high school. When I was in high school, pretty much my whole life at a young age, I wanted to be a tattoo artist because I had a, an older cousin of mine in the family who would always show up in the freshest Escalade. I only saw him once a year on Christmas. Always had a nice outfit. Always had a younger looking girlfriend. You know, and y'all I'm got like, that family and, member. And I'm like, dude, he's like completely tatted up. Most of my family, they're like firemen and they're pretty successful and good, you know, this good little family. But like, you see somebody in the mix with like all these tattoos, necks all covered up, fingers, and you're like, damn, who's this guy? This guy's cool. Like, it's my cousin. Like, hell yeah. So he was definitely. A huge inspiration of mine and um, you know I grew up on rock and roll and all that stuff so I definitely had that little rebel side and wanted to be in the tattoo shops and be <laughs> part of that lifestyle so I um, my family was very against tattoos they didn't support it at all so I was making my own tattoo guns and this is kind of like before you like right around this time I mean it was like 2007 when YouTube was really kind of going yeah. so I was trying to find videos on how to make a proper like tattoo gun and then also talking to buddies who've been like locked up and like bro what's your method man like how they do it <laughs> they be having some of the best tat like yeah. i've seen some of the fucking best tattoos come out of prison and when they like tell me oh this is prison ink i, I just like i'm like oh let me just shut the fuck up because i don't want this conversation i, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> so yeah but i'm sorry to cut you off no, but no, go back no, so, yeah i tried to make my own uh, tattoo gun from there i uh, took the my mom's vcr rewinder motor it's a 12 volt took that bad boy bent the toothbrush uh, had a pen in there and then I uh, what is that? I filed down the G strain from the guitar that was my needle so it was pretty fucking hooked up man like I even had my pops who's electrician he helped me use the solder gun so I could hook up a foot pedal so I had it uh, you know from a 110 outlet go down to you know 12 volt and I was able to use this little foot pedal so it was a go I was uh, tatting uh, some friends Dude. around in high school right in the and that was like legit right there <laughs> I got some that's money. some real, real legit <laughs> so shit right there you had a fucking electrician <laughs> 
helping you out? Like <laughs> my mom was very upset that he helped me out and he didn't realize what he was getting into. Shout out to your pops. That's the cool fucking pops right there. <laughs> and uh, with that money, um, I, I saved up like 150 bucks, bought the cheapest tattoo equipment I can order, and I sent it to my grandma's house. And I didn't tell anybody what I ordered. I just went there on the fly and just grabbed it real quick because she literally <laughs> lived like nine houses up from my mom. So I just went there in the morning and I just grabbed. Nobody knew. So shout I just, out to grabs. <laughs> And uh, the ones who really knew was my aunt and uncle who just moved out here as well. Fi finally, the whole family is starting to move out here. But at the time, we all just kind of lived right next to each other in uh, Beaumont. And uh, they lived in Cherry Valley. And this is all in San Bernardino, California. So, uh, so while I'm at high school, I got the tattoo gun. I'm over at my aunt and uncle's house. And I used to be in water polo. So I used to have to like wear the, you know, the Speedo. <laughs> Speedos and shit. <laughs> yeah, but I had that one tan line little spot. So that's where my first tattoo was at. Hey. And I did a scorpion. And then my mom found out and she was livid. She was freaking the fuck out. But I was trying to explain to her like, oh, you're a scorpio. It's a scorpion. But <laughs> for you. I hear that shit, man. She's like, what the fuck? So. Um, I got in trouble from that and then I started uh, slowly having friends over every weekend and uh, slowly my mom's like kitchen became a tattoo parlor. It just kind of <laughs> happened. With you mom's know? not giving a fuck anymore? Well, or how'd that house, go? Our house is wild, man. I'm one of six. You know, my my pops one of nine. You know, like we just and it, we always just have people over. If I'm having four friends over, you know, my sister's having five friends over. My dad, he's got some friends over. You know, the like turn up house then yeah, on the block. It's always gone. Everybody's like, there. Dude, they, they've been. They've never missed a UFC fight. You know, like very family oriented. <laughs> and awesome. uh, yeah, but the whole thing they didn't like was a tattoo situation. It was bringing a lot of bad people over too, bro. Like it was a bad <laughs> scene. It was becoming like a tattoo shop for like bikers and stuff. Just like hanging that. out, like, yeah, shit. just chilling. <laughs> that's fucking awesome so, dude like i got in trouble um tattooing myself and then a couple friends and finally my parents are saying hey we're worried that somebody's gonna get infected you know the parents are gonna be pissed off and then we're gonna get sued you know and like my dad's like, i could lose my electrical business and all that stuff we can't have that so they found a way like i got trouble over something very minor i forgot what it was but they were like oh that's it it's a wrap we're taking all your tattoo equipment that i bought they took oh, away shit. all my equipment so oh, i'm like no. fuck so i couldn't tattoo and uh, i wasn't really liking it guys like you think like the tattoo life would be badass and tattoos are amazing but being a tattoo artist i mean just my personal experience was very brief but just using like gloves and vaseline and people's skin and hygiene it's kind of oh, gross yeah. bro you know like we got a tattoo a friend who's a tattoo artist shout out to gibby who does all of our work for us and we hear some of the stories that tattoo artists go through so i can only imagine like people wanting tattoos on their feet coming over with fucking stinky ass feet horns <laughs> on their foot it's yeah. like nah nah so yeah so how did the so how did the art then come into play like you went from transitioning from your tattooing going into art what age did you start getting involved in uh, that? well dude i've been an artist since kindergarten okay okay yeah i've been an artist <laughs> since kindergarten and um started doing graffiti graffiti was like when i really started like doing stencils and murals and whatnot and really like putting i wasn't just out there just trying to tag my name everywhere i was trying to go in some tunnels and not be fucked with for a bit where me and my boys can just hang out for like an hour or two and actually do some cool artwork so that's where it really started developing and um i was in school barely passed with like d's and c's bro i wasn't the best at school but goddamn my art was super fucking good you know because i drew every fucking day in class and um, I was doing the tattooing, but since I couldn't tattoo and my buddy, Cody Saylor, who I did that painting uh, for uh, last year, he was trying to tattoo. So I was like, all right, bro, this is what we'll do. I'll sell you my tattoo equipment. And with that money, I'll buy airbrush equipment because that's like a mini little like spray can. So Hustler like, mentality like, you yeah. have. So I'm going to flip this for this and get started with that. Yeah. So I, I turned all that money, bought some airbrush equipment. And then I started pursuing that while my buddy, he stuck it out with tattooing. And he's been doing it actually ever since. Uh, my my boy Cody Saylor is one of my best friends, you know, from that old group that uh, we had. I mean, there was a lot of us, man. There's probably you, like you want to shout a shop out. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah. Cody Saylor is down in Yucaipa. You can found him at a uh, county line tattoo. And yeah, man, he does really good work. I, I, I promise you that I wouldn't allow him to touch my skin if he wasn't doing anything good. Just all my tattoos are from him. And uh, I love his work, man. And I love that he's still pursuing it. He just had another baby. 
you know, oh, like congrats yeah. to him. Yeah, man, he's doing really. He's and he doing even really shouts awesome. out Bride too, because uh, you know Bride was the first person that really got him into tattooing too. He, you know, that was his first tattoo equipment was Bride's, the stuff he made. Right. And now he owns his own shop. You know, flash forward so many years later, you know Bride's doing all the canvas stuff now. So it's like they both perfected a craft just in like two different areas. It's inspiration awesome. right there. That's, yeah. that's seriously awesome. Yeah, fell into painting. Um, I don't know how it happened, man. I think I just wanted to do bigger art pieces because before that I was just doing, it was either very large murals, uh, you know, on the side of like buildings or whatnot, or I was doing very, very small, like detailed, like marker artwork. Mm -hmm. And I realized that, you know, I could show more art if I'm able to get on canvas, if I could take hmm. the graffiti and like shrink it, or if I could like blow up my markers and somehow bring it up, <laughs> I'm not sure how to do this. So I was just watching YouTube, the power of YouTube. Oh, you YouTube know, University. So I call it YouTube yeah, University. Anything on YouTube. Took you off from there, man. I learned so. how to start growing on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Changed the game, man. Everybody's trying, you know, I'm, I'm learning how to paint from like 16 year old, you know, like this is what you're going to do. This is how you mix this color. I'm like, all right, kid, teach me how to do it. You know, so can't I'm discriminate. You, you can't discriminate because yeah. people, everybody has their own niche of doing certain things a certain way. So it's cool, you know, like to learn from different people and get that inspiration because, you know, like I said, everybody has their own way. Oh, of course, So that's man. super cool. Look, these kids are smart these days. Oh, killing it. They're so advanced right now. It's Beyond crazy. their time, and it's scary, yeah, though, it because they don't use it to their full potential sometimes. Like, mm -hmm. like social media get these kids so fucked up in the mm -hmm. head that they think they're worthless and shit like that mm -hmm. because they value other people's status over theirs and don't see right. their own potential that they have. You know, so it's crazy because I'm, trust me, I have a 13 year old daughter who I go through this shit with, you know, like, huh, yeah, that's a whole different podcast story. Yeah, yeah, no, I feel like our generation was just barely dealing with that, like, kind of cyber bully sort of thing. But nowadays, it yes. starts so young. Yeah. I mean, we got it in high school. We'd mm -hmm. already kind of dealt with, like, you know, face to face bullying. You know, everybody hates middle school. Come on, middle school's oh, not fun man. for any of us. Oh, you man, know what I mean? Like, worst. those are some rough times in there, you know, <laughs> that builds character. It's... But but the cyber bullying is something that, like, you know, we might not be able to relate to our kids to, you know, in the future because, you know, that's just something so different. You know, it's different when you see somebody face face to face you can tell them you know yeah, fuck off but <laughs> when it's over the internet it's all publicized and you yeah. get people jumping on because they're yes. cowards and mm -hmm. it's like oh it's so crazy now so it crazy really do you know what i love what just happened right now that just you just said that's fucking awesome you just said when we have kids and you looked at him that's fucking awesome because you're like y'all already on that mind oh, yeah, you know no. so that's this, fucking awesome this is it right here this is my life um you know we're we get asked all the time like when are you guys gonna get married when are you guys gonna have kids and the thing is is I don't think that having the ring on necessarily solidifies the relationship you have with that person. You know, that bond is that bond. That ring is just something that you guys decide, like, hey, this is what we want to do together. Um, and me and Bri, like, we have that bond. We, I mean, we own a company together. I mean, mm -hmm. we, we are practically married. You know, we do it all. We live together. We eat, breathe, sleep together, everything. So that's um, what I want to ask you. So now with the company, you guys having that company, what role do you play in... In Trubalish Arts. So it's kind of like the Walt Disney aspect. So uh, a lot of people don't know about. <laughs> she loves Disney. Yeah. So a lot of people don't know about his brother who kind of sat on the sidelines and did a lot more of the back end stuff while Walt was able to kind of run with his creativity. So, you know, some of the areas that Bry's, you know, not strong in is the social media aspect, the marketing aspect, um, you know, communicating over a social platform and stuff like that. And then also, you know, the emails, the numbers, figuring out profits. Um, and then also, you know, let's say he's working on a piece and we have another one that gets commissioned and maybe we have like timelines that we have to do. I kind of call my, I, I call him my coloring book cause he paints the picture and then I get to draw on the lines, you know, so I'll take the paint and I'll kind of cover the larger areas and hold you a little more of the fine details. So, um, I do have hands on in the artwork that we do create. Um, but it all kind of stems from his brain. And I always told him from the moment I met him that he has such a beautiful mind and the more that he just puts out there, I mean, the more people just love it. And I love how much he loves like the vibrant, like uh, fluorescent colors, because yes. it really does stand out in all of our art. And when you hold a black light over it, it's almost kind of like you're seeing another photo in a sense. 
Um, so I, I love that. And, uh, but yeah, so that, that's basically what I do in the company is I handle more of that stuff. Um, when it comes down to like the spreadsheet scheduling, you know, and then kind of helping out with the artwork here and there. I see you getting your hands dirty in your vlogs. I yeah. saw you over there doing the resin. You're helping yes, him with that. So that's cool. Resin. And then like, I try to be his, fr his, his companion and everything too. So like, um, you know, being an artist, like you never want to have somebody kind of like step on your toes or like, you know, overdo something that like could potentially like hurt the painting or you know ruin the process that they're already on so I try to compliment him and I I think that that's probably like one of our strong suits is how well we've been able to learn how to communicate in the company um and because you know we didn't start it until about you know two three years into our relationship so we had had time to really like figure out like okay this is how we talk about this okay you need to get this done cool like we need to do this this and this um, and our biggest thing with the company is we just don't want to stress, you know, mm -hmm. so when you're working with your significant other, it's super quick and easy to just like, you know, kind of snap on them or be like, well, I'm just frustrated because that's the person that's closest to you. And it's just kind of like you're comfortable with them that that's easy for you. Um, but with me and him, it's one of those things where, all right, we cool down for a second, you know, maybe we leave the room. Most of the time, 80% of the time, we smoke a bowl about it, you know, <laughs> go outside. Like, you know what? We just need to smoke. We just need to smoke. <laughs> as far as sonar relationships, all right, that's the key right there. That is the key right there. Um, but yeah, communication for sure has definitely been that, that good dynamic. And, uh, and it's been kind of cool. Like, I, I've always been a creative person. But I was different with my creativity. It was like, oh, I wanted to make a jacket, so I, I, I made a jacket type thing. You know, oh, I wanted to make a painting, so I made a painting. It wasn't very good, but I made it, you know. Mm -hmm. I've been seeing you. You're very, like, inspiring yourself because I saw one of your EDC costumes that you designed yourself, yeah, right? The yeah. hat? That shit was, like, <laughs> legit. I see both of you guys, like, oh, shit. So... That's cool, like, because you guys are both creative, so I can yeah. tell, like, when you guys have those kids, they're going to be fucking artists themselves. Oh, oh we're sure. stoked. We're <laughs> stoked. We've already decided that we want them to have, like, a music room with, like, a drum set in there. Like, oh, just go to town. Just go in there go to town, just get it all out, you know, cause kids are active. They, all they want to do is like hit on things, draw on things. <laughs> so like we decided like, we'll have a room where it's almost like a chalkboard on the walls. It's like a paint you can I get. I love that idea. Mm -hmm. That's oh awesome. yeah. Yes, and then I've the kids can that. just draw, you know, and then you paint over it whenever they're done. Yes. Brand new walls. So. <laughs> That's awesome. That. Yeah. Cause can kids are going to be destructive. You're going to be destructive. Be destructive in this room. <laughs> yes, right. tear <laughs> do whatever you want. <laughs> can I say how, you guys are awesome like just how positive you are how you're like communicate like you said your communication and everything you're you guys together like ah, i don't know i love it you guys oh. are great hey. yeah. i i when you guys were talking in the beginning i was like oh my god i'm gonna cry <laughs> you guys are awesome i'm super excited to see like where you guys are going and everything it's awesome i did have a question in regards to your um you have a couple paintings up in a local sh coffee shop. Yes. Yeah, that's so cool. So do you guys see yourself like heading in that direction of having like a gallery and like putting things up or like it, what plans do you have? You know what? Down the road and I, I have told Bri this, um, I do. I would love to have that gallery. The thing with putting our artwork in a gallery right now is you do a lot of time have to rent the space in there. Okay. Um, so we're lucky enough that the places that we have been able to showcase our artwork and our people that support what we do, they support local artists and they're all about just helping you get out there in a different way and maybe being showcased to people that would have never saw you like other than going into a coffee shop, which shout out Joe Max. <laughs> they're awesome. Um, Joe Max Coffee is a great, great franchise. Um, our buddy Brian out here is the uh, GM of of the locations and um we met up with him kind of on a whim asked if we could hang our artwork up in there and he was like absolutely and so that was our first step in there i was like oh my god maybe we could get into other art galleries maybe we could get our foot in the door other places um but the more places i called it was like you know fifteen hundred dollars a month thousand oh, dollars wow. a month five hundred dollars a month and that's to say that we sell a piece in that time frame that makes up for that money and so right now it was like one of those things where we're like okay you know what, instead of doing it that way, let's keep getting our name out there. Let's keep pushing. But I think eventually, yes, we do. Um, I want the company to be like one of those things where it's almost kind of like timeless and endless. You know, mm -hmm. maybe our kids could eventually take it over and keep running with the art company, keep utilizing it in different ways. Um, I kind of want to, you know, help build up like almost like an enterprise for our future family, you know, mm -hmm. that, that they can just kind of run with. 
Um, Where can people find your artwork at real quick? Because we haven't shouted you guys out on Instagram yet. So go ahead and drop your Instagram. And where can they find, you know, the Trublish art collections? So um, we are in the Honey Badger headquarters, which shout out to Honey Badger. Shout out to Honey Badger. Hey. I've been trying to get them on here, but I, I don't know. But They're great people. They really are. I can see how busy they are because they're always doing trade shows. They're always out Definitely. there, like, really pushing their product. I mean, like, their following on Instagram is so cool because, you know, you can tell when a company buys followers and buys likes and all that stuff, and they're not one of them. Like, they have a really organic following of people mm -hmm. that, like, really support the company yeah. and like think super highly of their their brand um but we were able to put our artwork up in there um because their uh one of their uh high reps tyler ended up winning a piece of ours at a press and sesh that our girl monique puts on that's so, super cool yeah so it's just one of the things like he won it and like it was super like you know random but he got up and we're you know talking with them and he goes yeah you know we would love to network with you guys and stuff like that you know we're all about working with you know artists and stuff and they'd been trying to find an artist that could make honey badger apps for them or that would be willing to work with them and so i was like oh my god yes please i would love, I would love <laughs> to do cool. that so i do actually have two designs that i've done so far and that's that's more of what i handle too is like that digital design and stuff while he can do more of the organic pen and paper okay that makes um sense. So we'll take like his artwork, we'll put it onto a PDF file and then I can throw it online and I can pretty much do anything with it from there. So um, I was able to kind of, it's it's difficult with the Honey Badger app because the way it prints, it's got to be able to flow as one piece and it's kind of like broken apart. The like yeah. the shape yeah. of it is a little off. Um, so that was the hardest part, but um, we have a sh the pineapple school one, and then I we have that, one. that one's a classic. <laughs> My favorite one is it. Johnny Bravo, though. <laughs> <laughs> That'll yeah. be the next one I'm working on. Okay. What do we have? We have the pineapple school, and then what was the other one? The um, uh, the tentacle hair. The tentacle hair piece. So we, I was so wrapped my honey badger in the Johnny Bravo. Oh, we Bravo. got you. No, we got you. We'll we'll hook you up with our first round for sure. So go ahead and drop your Instagram real quick, just for people can follow you guys. So we're at True Bullish Art. Um, it's super easy to find us on Instagram because we are the only True Bullish. It's T R U. U B A L I S H art A R T. Um, my personal one is Darbalish, and that was actually where me and Bry collaborated. The name, his name is Bry True. I'm Darbalish. Uh, that was my nickname since high school. Um, so we collaborated the two to True Balish. Um, I love it. Yeah. So uh, follow us on YouTube um, if you guys are interested in like you know following our vlogs and stuff like that. Um, we have been a little off of it just because of the holidays, and we've been super super busy with being um, commissioned for a couple private pieces. And I actually got into window painting this last season, so he was doing like holiday window painting. Yes, and stuff. I wanted to talk so to you guys cool. about that as well. Yeah, yeah. How did that come about? The window painting because that was super cool to see some. I think I've been around town. I think I was over. I forget where I was, but I think I've seen some of your work before around. So that was cool. Hey, I'm glad you're able to see all that, man. Um, honestly, I just kind of uh, I picked that up from my art teacher. Her name is Gabby, Gabby Hirsch. I, um, I a couple of years ago to help fine tune my painting after learning what I could off of YouTube. I was like, all right, I don't know if I'm doing this properly. Like, even though the paint looks good, it's just still going to look good 10 years from now. You know, you don't know what kind of paint you're using, if you got to primer or seal it properly. So I had to take some classes and I found some classes over at Desert Art Supplies on Green Valley and Sunset. And oh, I know Dell. Desert Art Supplies. Those people in there are killer. Yeah, family owned business. I love them. They support us so much and I support them as well. And they got a good thing and uh, they had little classes in the back. So I was able to pick up some classes with uh, Gabby. And the funny thing is, man, it's just it's just a class for, for nothing but like old ladies to come to <laughs> on like I every Tuesday afternoon. I was the only youngest for sure. Yeah, I'm the <laughs> only one below, you know, under the age of like 65, you know, I'm the only male. I remember like this one like husband was bringing in like a big old like trunk of art for his girl. And he's like, oh, you in here today? I'm like, yeah, man, it's my first day taking the class. He's like, oh, you're going to be in here with all these girls? Like, uh, yeah, I guess, bro. He's like, good luck. And, and I'm like, all right. So like, yeah, man, I mean, it was pretty wild. I mean, they all loved me. They were constantly bringing me cake. Oh, they're, like, yeah, they're like, oh my God, my granddaughter would just love you. Like, how old are you? What, what do you do? I'm just like, oh, thank you. You know, like, you're so sweet. Thanks for the cake. And, and uh, yeah, just learn how to paint. And uh, Gabby, I've known her for a couple years now and I, every time I see her, I don't take any more classes because I learned everything I could possibly I went there with a notebook and she answered everything and now it's just 
practice. And uh, when she met Darby about a year ago uh, for the first time, she absolutely loved her. And she offered to uh, uh, teach us how to paint for windows during the holidays because she disappears for a couple months. And that's what she does all around town. Uh, she like paints the South Point. During the holidays. And it's kind of like a lost craft. And it's kind of surprising to think about, you know, because like you'd seen it like growing up as a kid, you know, yeah. 7-Elevens and stuff like that, the window painting. Um, but it's technically a craft that's kind of like passed down or like there's not a whole lot of places that will teach you how to do stuff like that you just kind of either have somebody teach you or um, like a friend teach you or something like that or you learn on YouTube you know and you do what you can but they don't really give you too many of like the little secrets so when Gabby reached out you know this season was like hey I'm more than happy to teach you in Darby so Brian went and did the first couple rounds and kind of got like his you know feet wet in that that field um, and then I went for for what was it one morning yeah, yeah, yeah. it came on uh, i think sunday morning yeah i came on a sunday morning and um it was a lot easier than i thought it was gonna be um because i i was like super nervous i like, didn't want to mess anything up you know <laughs> we're on like a real storefront you know in front of fedex i'm like oh shit you know <laughs> but no it was super fun like it was a really cool time and like brad was able to show me some different things and stuff like that it was a cool thing yeah because so she cool. she definitely knows what she's doing she's got a quick method to me personally i was already like overthinking it trying to you know like oh it's dripping right here gotta fix and she's like, Bri, listen, you take 10 steps back, you're not even going to notice. It's all one giant art piece. It's not rocket science. Just get in there. <laughs> and I would, man. Like, I wouldn't hold back. Uh, she said uh, I was pretty much like her apprentice. I wasn't getting paid. She did offer to pay me after a couple lessons um, because she's like, wow, bro, you're really excelling in this. I, I feel like I need to pay you because you're helping me out so much. And I said, Gabby, I appreciate you not charging me. You to know, be here yeah, and learn, yeah, yeah, yeah it's like yeah. thank you like so much for this. You I was let me pick up. your brain right now. Yeah, and mm -hmm. like, and she she just talks and she goes and goes and goes. She's like, sorry, you know, if I just keep talking, you know, you could just you could tell me when you know be quiet. And I'm like, listen, Gabby, just keep talking. I got my <laughs> notebook, and you know, I'm just I'm not listening to music or anything. I'm just painting. I'm in a zone. And as she says something like that, I really need to know, like, write that, or she'll just be like, here, write that down. I'm like, I'm on it. So I'll just get right into it. And she was telling me that when we're over at the South Point, I went to go help her out with that. It was like a total of 59 windows. Oh, shit. Wow. Yeah. That's, that'd be overwhelming to me. I'm like, oh, I thought we would do like three windows or something. <laughs> the whole casino, man. And she's yeah. been doing that for quite some time. And, uh, you know, Gabby's getting a little older now and she can't, you know, climb up steps as much as, I mean, she does. I'm not saying she's like yeah. breaking down, but it, it's definitely, um, it's definitely helps her out to have me there to just move everything around. I don't mind lowering up the van for her, whatever she needs. Uh, she's my mentor and she's helped me with everything. And uh, I, I learned all this in November and December. And actually towards the end of December, I felt like I knew enough. So I went and bought all the equipment, everything I needed. I literally just mimicked her little setup and how she does things. And uh, I just started applying myself, just started walking into establishments. Some of them, of course, that I know, like Joe Max Coffee Shop and went and spoke with Brian, said, Brian, this is what I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. And surprisingly, I, I was just going to book these gigs just for like next year. And if we could get this lined up, everybody's like, cool. Oh, can you come in tomorrow? And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> so I, you know, there was like a week there that I was trying to schedule everybody and just get my name out there. And then um, all of a sudden, everybody just called me at once. So the whole month of December, man, it was it was just a banner. I was just painting windows nonstop and it was pretty awesome and uh yeah i learned a lot and i was just telling gabby and she's like how'd you pick these up so quick and i was like i don't know it just kind of just happened because i asked i asked her for, for permission if you don't mind if i could show the photos that me and you have worked on together you know mm -hmm. if i show the artworks i'm showing people and it already looks like i got a portfolio and i've been doing this for a while kind of like how i got the job at bj just walk in show myself and people are like, yeah you're yeah, hired it's confidence it's confidence man like mm -hmm. if you walk in with confidence motherfuckers would buy that shit up quick <laughs> you have no idea what the fuck you're doing and people will buy it up quick as long as you're confident let me ask you guys this question you guys are both still you know you're entrepreneurs but you guys are still both working other jobs as well right so how is that how does that go against your creativity as far as like do you guys feel restricted anyway still having these full-time jobs because i know you're still working at canna hemp yeah yeah shout out canna hemp shout out canna hemp um i'm still working in education for that company and i do work full-time for them always I, traveling i do i travel a lot for them um but it is really cool because what i do for Trubalish i can do remotely as well you know so um it's not like i'm you know super restricted to be here you know but i do miss bry so that does suck when i have to leave him right. you know, especially when it's a few days at a time but um 
but yeah, no, it's, it's been a really cool balance and actually, um, working in the cannabis industry and doing what I do for Canna Hemp has actually helped me and Bri a lot. Um, one of the reasons that we were able to do our first art show at Preston Sesh is because of the people that I met in the cannabis industry and my girl Monique that I work with is a good friend of mine. Um, and, uh, and she was just willing to support me and Bri. Um, but a lot of these connections I would not have made without working for this company. So I think that, you know, I'm, I'm super, super blessed to work for the company I do work for. Um, I've worked for companies in the past that just, I mean, you know, I can't even get into it, but it's just, you know, a whole other can of worms. Um, and Canahemp is the complete opposite. They offer so much stability, so much growth opportunity. Um, and they really do support what me and Bride do. My CEO has even asked me and Bride to do a piece for him. That's so cool. Yeah. So it's like, it's just been really cool, you know, and it's like, I'm able to network with the Honey Badger people. I'm always going to conventions for Canahemp and I see people there that recognize me and Bride and what we do. I go into the dispensaries and they recognize me and Bride, you know, that was like how I met you guys. Yeah. You know, exactly. through that industry. Mm-hmm. So I like we're very blessed. Um, but you know, Bri, Bri uh, left the the food and beverage industry because that was definitely draining his creativity and and we kind of been I focusing guess on. It does. Yeah. I, mean, I left the food. We both came from the food and beverage mm-hmm. industry. I used to be, I used to be a manager at Chipotle. She got her degree in hotel management, hospitality, hospitality. but she, yeah, Yeah. but she doesn't use it. I mean, she uses it in this sense, but you know, we were both passionate about the, you know, the restaurant industry, but once the cannabis industry came, it was just like, oh, I love smoking weed and I can go and smoke and be Mm -hmm. myself Mm -hmm. and not worry about it. But then getting in the industry, you learned there's a lot of politics involved in the industry. So it was kind of like, okay, this is kind of like another job that's just, you get to smoke weed. <laughs> so it's definitely, you know, cool. How, how was your time in the industry? In the cannabis industry? Yeah. yeah I mean, it was short, but I loved it. It was, uh, I, I liked it more when it was um, medical. Yeah. You know, I was able to experience it when it was medical. And then I uh, went through it when it was going wreck. And uh, you see the different, uh, the, the transformation you know and i don't know it, the, the market for sure changed oh, as yeah, well yeah. and uh, i liked it but man just coming from the restaurant restaurants like a level 10 go 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 everything's on fire <laughs> you know you go work at a dispensary it's like a level three it's like, you're like telling your manager like hey bro do we have any more of this in the back uh we need some like a, a poco uh was it we need a how do you say yeah i hate that for shit either i need some of that in the back and you're like oh cool man yeah I'm on it. I'll be back there. You know, and then goes back there for like two minutes, comes out. Which one did you need? Bro. Dude, that's Everyone's so fucking on, true. Yeah, restaurants on like that New York time and the cannabis industry is on that Hawaiian time. Like, hey, bro, you know, we'll get to it, you know. Don't worry, it's easy, bro. Like, that's so true. That's so true like everything you just said is is literally like i feel that way sometimes i'm like all right guys let's let's go and they're huh no come on (laughs) that's funny so i remember i had hit you up regarding one of your art pieces and you had mentioned that you guys use a certain technique called resin what's so special about that technique that separates you guys from other artists that makes your artwork last for years and years to come to be able to pass this artwork down to my child you know and my child passes down to their child what's so special about this resin process and how does it work um it's just like when you um use like a little epoxy glue how you got to mix those two chemicals together and once you mix them you know uh, it starts to harden i got to do the same process uh man i mean just just to buy four gallons because it's two different chemicals two gallons each it cost me like 215 bucks bro you know i i picked that up from desert art supplies brought that back home i got to mix it and i mix in two separate cups that way it's perfectly even then once i put it together you got to whip it and then once you get that chemical reaction get a lot of bubbles in there so you got to get it with the uh with the uh the heat gun the heat gun it's going to uh, take care of all those bubbles or i'll use a blowtorch the blowtorch is actually my favorite because it just burns and vaporizes everything and a lot of people are like well what do you mean like w- what's going to get on it and like you ever like open up the window a little bit or smoke and you see all the debris in your house yeah. oh yeah that lint that's flying around you know it's so small and see-through bro just just a little bit of that on the painting the next day you, you could tell i was wondering it. why you always covered them after the fact i was like mm-hmm. what is that for but then and she told me because she likes art too 
because she did these artworks here yeah, and she like, had told me she was like oh it's probably so that you know little particles from the air don't you know right. don't rest on it and get into the actual portrait itself or the painting itself so that's smart i never thought about that and that was super cool to see you with the big blowtorch i was like oh yeah. shit you about to burn this motherfucker <laughs> yeah, yeah like right after you get done like mixing it you like lay it on top of the piece so it all kind of like thins out and then you do have to like spread it like evenly so there's no like bumps or mm. like grooves or anything in it because it does need to have like a smooth like glass light finish um so that does take time too um, but there was a piece that Bri did and he forgot to like exfoliate his face beforehand. And there is an eyelash that is stuck in the piece <laughs> and it's the original piece too. So once we sell it, like the person that receives it will actually have a piece of Bri. Like, just in That's that so fucking forever. cool. <laughs> That's like cool right there. You'd be like, Hey, you got a piece of me forever. You yeah. ain't never getting rid of me. You would never see it unless you pointed it out. But like, Bri was like, every time like Bri points it out, I'm like, Oh yeah, I see it. <laughs> yeah, that's all I see. Yeah, I don't know. I see a pink of eyelash like <laughs> so when someone approaches you guys about like making them a custom piece how does that work out like how do you guys go about basing gear price and for what they want because being an entrepreneur you have to get your value from what you're you know giving someone you can't yeah. you know undersell your shit and not get your money worth so how do you guys go about like creating these pieces and pricing them out if you don't mind me asking yeah well there's like no tab there's no tablet on this man like it, it, the more the deeper you get into this industry, you realize that everybody's still trying to figure this out. You know, like I talk to my art teacher all the time and what do you charge for this? What do you charge for that? And it really all depends on like the man hours, the uh, the quality of the materials, uh, colors. A lot of people know about colors. You're just going to black and gray painting or you're going to do blue. Do you want fluorescent? Fluorescent's more expensive. Mm -hmm. You also I do many more layers. How I get that, that rich, color impact that you see on all the paintings is that because I don't just paint it blue once I paint it like blue five times to really bring it out and make it solid and with the fluorescent you got to paint it like nine sometimes ten times and you're just there for days repainting the same painting over and over but that's how it pops like that and um, I realized that with the uh, the art resin curing it it was able to actually bring out the colors more, make it more vibrant. I liked how it's just a simple blue. And then you put, you know, this art resin on it. Now that one blue looks like 300 different blues. Mm -hmm. Depends on how you look at it because it's reflective. You can literally read the, you know, the writing on your t-shirt. It's not like it's a very high gloss. I want it to look like you're wrapping, you know, glass across the canvas itself. And, um, but you because know. it does cost more for us, like we do factor that into the price too. So mm -hmm. like when we first ask, ask people like, Hey, like, what are you looking for in the piece? Like where I said, it's like what colors they want, you know, all of that stuff. If they do end up wanting the art resin, which we do advocate people get just because it does sell your painting in for life. Um, and it does guarantee that the, you know, paint won't chip. It won't, you know, fall off or lose coloration or get like, you know, light pollution or anything like that. Um, but we do factor all of that in, you know, so it all kind of varies um, like on our website that we're going to launch here um, pretty soon. It'll kind of have like a box where people can give like a brief description about what they're looking for. And then we can kind of see, OK, what size do you want? OK, how much detail are you looking for? Like if somebody wants like a really detailed like face, you know, with like something in the background like that will obviously kind of have to factor in because it is all time too. like Bryce spends sometimes, you know, 13 to 18 hours like a day to finish a piece um and when you think about it like you know you get paid you know 15 dollars an hour to do an 18 hour piece like that already is you know pretty costly yeah. and if it takes a few days like the art resin does take a few days to cure like we have to factor all of that into um but yeah so it can vary you know our, our pieces that we have currently done go anywhere between little under 300 to about what's our most expensive one right uh 15 is it 15 yeah 15 i think 1500 nice. for the piece that we did for the last press and sesh which was a tentacle coming down picking up the bong i saw that one it was so fucking detailed with that octopus tentacle mm -hmm. yes i saw that that was fucking beautiful like i love you guys work like it's, yeah. it's super <laughs> it's it, super bro. fucking beautiful it's and one day we're going to get a piece from you guys oh man i see you guys already have some artwork in here man definitely got to add too yeah this yes. is my my Thank wife's you. art I'm turning myself off over here while talking. <laughs> this is my wife's artwork. You know, she painted these strictly for this podcast room. And you know what's funny? We didn't know that some of these colors want to glow like they do with the LED lights on. So it's pretty cool to see them now. And I'm like, yeah, oh, so damn. The yellow tones really pop. Yeah. yeah. 
She's supposed Thank to be, you. she got lots of. Yeah, I got lots of um, supplies for Christmas, but because of my transition right after Christmas, I've been super busy. So I haven't yeah. had that chance yet, but it's, it's, it's coming. I, I'm getting more of a stabilized schedule. So once I get into that, then I'm like, okay, I have these days off. I'm going to do this. I'm going to paint. So I'm excited. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Oh, we're excited to see what you come out with now. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, man. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. No, play. It reminds me of like melted sherbet ice cream. Oh, my God. I see it. Yes. It does. Yes, it does. <laughs> That's what I would name that melted sherbet. Melted sherbet. I love that. I, I love it. And actually, that's that was what I was going to ask you guys. Do you tell Title all your art pieces. Mm -hmm. yes. Okay, that's uh, awesome. We name everything. We have a name for each of our bonds. Right? <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, I've seen you guys bone collection. You guys yeah. got a pretty nice like collection in general. Like, I love you guys. Got an old one of the old zongs. Is it? No, we don't have a zong per se, but we do have a very old bond that's from 1968. I remember you guys wow. had some old piece and I saw Darby on Instagram fucking with it. And I was like, mm -hmm. that's super old. Cause I saw you cleaning out all your pipes one yeah. day. And I was like, I need to do that. I need to clean out all my <laughs> yeah, pipes. I have like a crazy bong addiction. And when I first met Bri, I was like, Hey, like when we first moved in together, I was like, Hey, like, I, I kind of want to keep buying them, but like, you know, I, I, I'm, I'll wait till we have space, you know, but now <laughs> that we have the space, we have like, shit like 20 bongs we have like you know 15 20 pipes you know bubblers and stuff like that all miscellaneous but collections oh yeah but bride's edition was the one from 1968 and that's probably our favorite one. where'd that come from um i actually got it from my parents friend um they don't know about this and they're never probably gonna hear this because they don't like <laughs> anything weed related so like, oh podcast you guys talk about weed don't want to hear it you know so <laughs> What happened was it was Fourth of July, uh, two thousand like twelve. I'm in my parents' backyard smoking weed with my uh, with my friends, and while everyone's doing the fireworks, one of their bod uh, buddies pops their head up like, "Fuck you doing back there? I'm all smoking <laughs> weed. And he, what you doing?" He's just like, "Hmm, I'm gonna bust you guys. You guys can't be doing this shit. Your parents know about." It. I'm like, "Bro, I'm fucking like twenty, bro. Like, <laughs> get the fuck, get the fuck out of here." And I'm like, "Hit this shit." And he's like. I haven't smoked weed in like 15 years, but fuck it. And he starts smoking. And I'm like, oh, shit, he's actually smoking. Hell yeah, Jimmy. And he was coughing. And he's like, damn, man, it's fucking strong. I'm like, dude, the, the weed has changed. You know, it has yes. changed from what you used to smoke, man. You might sleep for the next two days or everything in your fridge. Your kids might not have anything to eat for, you know, no snack packs for the next week. Seriously. So he uh, tells me about this bomb that he has in his garage. He's like, well, listen, bro, I, I don't smoke weed anymore, you know. That's really cool what you guys are doing. And if you, uh, you're saying you have this cool uh, bond collection, I'd like to contribute. If you want to come over, come pick it up. I'm like, yeah, sure, man. So I go over to his house. And when I first got it, I was, it wasn't like the coolest looking bond. You know, I was just like, oh, I was just grateful to get a bond. And he told me he's had it since like the mid 90s or something like that. I'm like, oh, cool. It's a pretty old bond. It made it since the 90s. Like, hell yeah, man. And I would take it back home. We smoke out of him and everybody seemed to love it. And I actually named it after him. I don't want to name drop it. Just his name is, you know, the bond's name is Jimmy. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so I named the bond Jimmy. And um, I, I ended up seeing my buddy. I told him, like, yeah, dude, everybody loves it, man. I'm really grateful, man. That's crazy that you've had it that long. He's like, well, bro, I've had got that from my uncle and you know that was just above his fireplace since like the late 60s it was as dusty oh, as all hell and he, nobody ever smoked out of it and he gave it to me and i've had it ever since and i'm like whoa wow. so you're saying this bond is from the fucking late 60s bro like this is like an so antique cool. yeah so then like the the bond has got way more appreciated Definitely. when i pass it to people two hands at all times Yes. You know, yes. if there's you, too many people in the house, if it gets a little rowdy, you know, like two, three more people in, you know, like if it's more than a crowd of five, I'm like, ah, it's time to wrap it up. I got to hide the bomb. Yeah, we have a, a bong breaking story. Well, we, uh, have we have many, like uh, four many. bongs we done broke so far. And it's, I'm at the point now to I'm ready to just get a plastic or one of them silicone ones. fucking <laughs> bongs. It's funny because the other day I didn't tell you this. I was in the kitchen cleaning the this piece of the honey badger and I almost dropped it. Ooh. Yeah, and that was and that was more than the honey badger itself. <laughs> I was Jeez. like, so let me ask you guys this question. Wait, damn, I forgot my question. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I have a question. Then why you think of yours? Um, what's your favorite part about creating a piece? So, like of the whole process, what's your guys's favorite part? I guess each of you. 
So honestly, my favorite part is um, before we start a piece, me and Bryce sit down together, we smoke and we try to figure out what we want to do for the piece. So one of our more recent like kind of creatives that me and Bri both kind of came up together, my mom actually helped us with. So she really wanted something that was about vibes um, since she's had her transplants and she's had this whole experience of basically almost losing her life and then having to rebuild herself since then. She has been nothing but just positive and just wants nothing but good people, positive vibes and good energy. Mm -hmm. So she goes, I want something that says, feel the vibe of my tribe. I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. I love that. So I went to Bri and so, you know, we're like feeding off of each other's creativity and we're like, you know, what if we do this? And like, what if we do this color? And like, it, that that's probably my favorite part of it is like being able to just like sit down together figure out what we want to do for the piece and then like seeing the way it comes to fruition afterwards I mean it's just so crazy like not too often do people get to have something in their mind and really see it like that collaboration yeah that's, and see I it come it. to life but yeah that's that's honestly my favorite yeah that, I I agree that's definitely one of my favorite parts is definitely picking apart someone else's brain like because like everyone's creative but a lot of times they can't just get it out you know like yeah. if, if I could just kind of get into your head and figure out what you're trying to express or if you could even doodle something small mm -hmm. and I could just go right off of that if you're just like bro I just draw whatever I trust you but it's like bro like it's endless on what I can imagine but if you just throw one thing like bro what's your favorite color like uh yellow all right what's your like anything, objects, animals, uh, like owls, cool, owls, something yellow, yellow owl, maybe like a samurai owl looking, you know, with the, like a helmet or something that kind of goes with the big Did you just line. think of this shit right, did you yeah. just think of that seat? Yeah, it was just like, yeah. Just get him a paintbrush or some shit right now. Yeah, it'd be like this too, like this is like one of the ways that we do come up with a lot of these pieces we're just sitting down like, oh my God, we gotta write that down. So like we actually have like a list of things, like ideas and pieces that we wanna like make and stuff. So it's like, endless for us like you said well it's really cool to like to tap into that 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 frequency that that walt disney was able to tap into you know he would he just walked out into a vac you know vacant parking lot and was like listen there's going to be a castle here a giant tree <laughs> it's going to be completely filled it's going to be amazing it's gonna be a whole world in here and the guy's like oh sure chief right here man you know like it's amazing that that came out of someone's head and everybody mm -hmm. just added to it. You know, they saw the theme and like, this is the direction that we're going. It's a cool world that this guy made up and he's not the only one's able to tap into that. And I feel like I can experience, I, I experience it too as well. And I try to bring it to life. It, it's like this little world that you just, you daydream into. And if you could just kind of bring it back into reality, it's pretty amazing. Cause I'm not going to be here forever, but the art, hopefully, yes. hopefully it lasts a lot longer, yes. you know? That's awesome. And That's that is kind of do like where I do see a gallery in the future is like, you know, like, let's say, let's say me and I do hit it really big. Let's say we're doing cool pieces, you know, for, you know, celebrities, big name people, you know, our names out there in like a massive way. Um, there's a, a, a couple of brothers, Shelby and Sandy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sandy and Shelby are nice. Yes, Andy yeah, and Shelby are nice. They're uh, these two brothers that own a company together, but they have a really awesome art gallery. And that is something that I would love right. to model um, like our art gallery so. off of is like what they have going on. You know, like they just they have all these different pieces up there. You can go and you can purchase and all of that good stuff. But, um, you know, they've already established that name for them. They have that good following of people that are like inclined to go spend the money to walk into their gallery, you know, because there is a charge, you know, too. You know, you, they, you have a door charge to go in there just to look at it. Mm -hmm. And then if you want to purchase it, you know, they have the prices up there for sure, um, which is eventually definitely what we want to do. But yeah, yeah. I got a question for you. Mm -hmm. You guys working together as a couple, what's some of the challenges that you guys face? Because I know the wife and I, you know, with this podcast, it gets frustrating sometimes between us, like as far as like, you know, we're both creative people and we both want things our way. So sometimes it could be challenging. So how do you guys go about like, when you guys come to that point where you're like, you want something your way, you want it your way. Do you guys ever find yourself like, having those moments and I know you said when you do have those moments you guys just gonna smoke that bowl but mm -hmm. how do you guys go about that like is a communication give us some advice how do you guys go about it 
It really is all communication. Like, there are definitely times where, you know, things get frustrating. You know, um, Bri helps out with, like, you know, some handyman stuff at a local uh, place that a buddy of his, you know, is still partial, like, you know, involved in and stuff. So he, he works a side job, you know, here and there. And then I, I have can of hemp. You know, some days are stressful. I come home and I'm just, like, you know, over it or, mm-hmm. you know and I take it out on him or he takes it out on me, you know, so there are days we do get frustrated. Um, but I think like my biggest word of advice is like stick to your, your roots of, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it, mm-hmm. you know, it's always better to bite your tongue than to say something that's going to hurt that significant other. That's going to really, you know, damage your day or damage the way that that person feel, uh, excuse me, feels. But as far as like, you know, me and bride do is, um, a big thing. And, and, I think something that was so cool was Brian's my first relationship where we don't curse at each other. Like, not even in a joking manner, you know, he doesn't call me a bitch. I don't call him an asshole or a dick or any of that stuff. Um, even, you know, when we're joking or just playing around. And I think that is so important because when you get into the habit of not using profanity towards your significant other, you don't do it when you're angry either because it is so much more powerful because it's something you don't say in general. Um, so there has been times, you know, I looked at Brian, I was like, you know what? fuck this, fuck you. And he's like, whoa, 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 hey, hey, we don't say that to each other. You know, I'm like, you know what, you're right, you know, and and it does take a big person too and, and being able to take accountability of when you have done something wrong um, and being able to admit, you know, hey, like even though I, I don't agree with the way that you feel right now, I acknowledge that I hurt you and I acknowledge that what I said was wrong and that it, it wasn't okay. Um, so even if it takes, you know, half an hour, a couple hours for you to get to that point, um, I think taking that accountability, being able to communicate that to your significant other, and then definitely, you know, keeping the profanity out of it is so key, Um, especially when you do work so closely together. You know, you never want to say something that, like I said, that damages that, you know, because people do say things that that can throw away a whole relationship or can really, you know, you know, hurt, hurt that person. And so I think, you know, that's something that, you know, we've really had to learn, you know, how to do together. And, you know, it's, it's all learning your love language too. you know, learning the way that person communicates, learning the way that that person likes to be loved and the way they want to be loved and the way that they want to be spoken to when they're doing something wrong. You know, you don't want to call that person out or take a jab. You want to be able to communicate it, let them know what's up. And, uh, and like I said, you know, that, that takes time, you know, that takes dedication. So that's not, you know, throwing in the rag after a couple months cause you're over it. You know, that's like going, you know what? This person has a lot of really, really good qualities. This was a bad situation, but let's work on this. Let's make this better. Let's grow. Um, and I that that I think super cool that me and Brian have been able to do that for that's the last beautiful. you know four years is like grow together. You know that's what it's all about. You know you're yeah. not you're not just two people anymore. You're growing as one. And the more that you can help feed each other and like really vibe with each other and keep building each other up, you know, the better the better days you have, you know. And then then you do have those bad days, you know, here and there. They're human. They're, they're few mm-hmm. and far in between, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. That was beautiful. Yes, definitely. How you gonna top that shit? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> She's so sweet with her words, man. She calms me down, like always, man. She, you know, um, Darby's so sweet. And, um, you know, I could be a little harder if I need to. And I'm like, baby, that's cool. Like, we got a good balance here, you know, because I don't like people taking advantage of her, you know, and she doesn't, you know, she uh, she uh, helps me be sweeter to people and stuff like that. They're like stressful situations. And, She's really like calm me down and I, you know, I made her tougher and like we balance each other out and we got a good thing going. And, you know, I wasn't always the best boyfriend in past relationships. You know, it's been a huge, you know, it's been a long learning experience. And um, each girl that came by, I was just like, all right, you know, I'm going to learn from this one and do better, you know, instead of like, fuck, fuck this bitch, fuck that bitch, can't find any Vegas chicks, whatever, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. You know, they're all hoes. It's like, that's not true, man. You got first, there's probably something wrong with you. You know, maybe you need to reevaluate yourself and figure this out, you know, and um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I dated some psycho crazy ass girls. But, bro, honestly, I think I just like the excitement and the drama and all this. Shit, you're yelling, I'm yelling. That's what we're doing. It's it's wild, man. But it's also it's a lot of work and it's very stressful and it's just not good on the body and the soul and the heart, man. And, uh, you know, focusing on uh, work. And then when I was doing the artwork, being with Darby, man, it's just easy. I'm like, oh man, this girl's like, she, I could really just talk to her. She gets me, you know, and I get her. And it's just about understanding each other. And uh, yeah, man, this is a, it's been a pretty easy relationship, man. I love it. it we, we got it. We got it pretty made. That's awesome, dude. That's, it's awesome. <laughs> it's been awesome having you guys show on this podcast today. Like, yes, here. So yeah, thank like, you for joining us. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversations that we had with you guys. 
I do have one final question for you guys. And I wanted to kind of make this a part of the podcast from here on. I like to ask these people, ask everybody, <clears throat> excuse me, each guest, you have 30 seconds to send a message to the world. What would your message be to the world? Starting with Darby. My message to the world would be that life is too short to harbor on things that don't matter and to pick and choose your battles because it really is worth it in the end. And you have to weigh out, you know, what's what is important and what isn't and forget the rest and be so loving to the ones that are close to you, regardless if it's family or friends, because I believe family are friends and friends are family. So, you know, that that, that would be my word of advice. Nice. And my man, Bri? Um. Just keep creating, keep moving forward, keep this modern beehive going. <laughs> I love it. Yes. yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and of course, I got to turn to my wife, a.k.a. my co-host. Ooh, I would say to stay positive, to, like you guys both said, move forward, grow, learn, and, you know, got to throw some creativity in there, make, make life fun. <laughs> Absolutely. And for me, I would say learn to live with each learn to live with each other, love each other and respect each other no matter what people differences are. Because everybody is different, but we all want to we all want to be loved and we all want to be recognized in some sense in some way and we got to respect each other in order for us to be here. We all share this earth and we got to learn how to respect us, respect each other. So with that being said, I want to thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of More Thoughts Unfiltered. It's been a pleasure hanging out with Darby and Bri. I'm your host, Davion. I'm Leilani. I'm Darby. <laughs> Bri True. Hey, thank hey. you for joining us. Thank you, guys. Thank you for thank having you. us.